1: What a world! Welcome all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog the com. My name is R.J. Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB, and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Monday, May 31st, 2021. We hope all is well, wherever you are, we hope you're happy, safe, safe, healthy, and we want to wish you a very happy Memorial Day. Our eternal gratitude to all who have served. Thank you so much. Thank you forever. I hope you're having a great day and a great weekend. And because it is a holiday, we wanted to give you something special, a bit of a programming change here on the network just for this week. Uh, Instead of Jersey Boys today, you'll be getting a new episode of Jersey Boys with the guys tomorrow on Tuesday to kick off June. Uh, We'll be back with the 750 next Tuesday, obviously Jersey Boys next Monday. But today we wanted to give you the audio from a conversation we had with Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. Shireen is obviously one of the greatest people in NFL history, somebody who has covered the NFL better than anybody else. Uh, and we did something over the last week where we looked back over Dallas Cowboys history to try to figure out, you know, who the best team in Dallas Cowboys franchise history is. I know, nobody's ever thought about this. I know, super original idea. Uh, but I wrote about it. It should be out uh, soon at blogandtheboys.com. But Shireen and I had a conversation. You can watch it on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, B- uh, please go subscribe over there. You can obviously listen to it right here. This is the, our podcast network. We do have shows that come out every single day. So please subscribe to our podcast network. We are available on all major podcast platforms, Apple devices, Spotify, subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out so much. But um if you love Dallas Cowboys history, I do think this is a conversation that you are really going to enjoy. Shireen and I uh we talked obviously about the five Dallas Cowboys teams that have won the Super Bowl, but we added uh a few more because you know there are some great Dallas Cowboys teams who did not win the Super Bowl now obviously to be the greatest you have to win the Super Bowl but there are some other teams that merited some discussion so I won't hold you back from it any longer once again happy Memorial Day to you and yours uh, and thank you to all of you who have served our great country we appreciate you forever and ever let's get to Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk to talk about the greatest team in Dallas Cowboys franchise history Pleased to be joined now by the one, the only, the legendary, the incomparable, the well-educated, of course, going to the premier university—not just in the state of Texas, but across the world, Texas A&M University. Of course, the one, the only, Shireen Williams. Shireen, thank you so much for taking the time to join us at Blogging the Boys.
2: RJ. Thanks for having me. I
1: appreciate you having me on. Um, so Shireen, just before we started recording, uh, I promised you that we had a graphic ready for you. This is a really lengthy discussion uh, that we're going to have today. A meaty discussion, I should say. Uh, and we wanted everyone to know who was going to be joining us because we're going to talk about the greatest Dallas Cowboys team of all time. And truly speaking, there is nobody more qualified than Shireen to have this discussion with. Shireen has obviously covered the NFL at extensive length. See Shireen. We really, we pulled out all the bells and whistles for you. Uh, Obviously from pro football talk, but Shireen has covered the NFL uh, to the greatest degree for a long time now. And one of the truly great people, the Keepers of the Flame Hall of Fame voters and a winner of the Dick McCann Award. The highest honor, I would argue, that anyone can achieve. Shireen, do you feel feel loved and taken care of here? Because that was the goal.
2: Gosh, yes. Thank you for that, RJ. That was awesome.
1: So, um, again, uh, we're, we're well equipped here ourselves uh, to discuss who the greatest Dallas Cowboys team of all time is. Uh, you've had this discussion several times um, throughout many different points of your career. Um, when I asked you to have this discussion, who was the first team that came to mind when you said, I, we're going to have a talk, like is going to say a bunch of silly things, but ultimately I'm going to come down on one particular unit? Well,
2: you know, RJ, I think the first argument you have to make, and the sad thing is, let's start at the beginning is this generation of Cowboys fans, this new generation of Cowboys fans who have had it handed down to them, right through grandpas and grandmas and, and moms and dads and sisters and, br- you know, it, it's just been handed down through the years have not experienced a lot of winning with these Dallas Cowboys. We know how long it's been. A lot of them weren't born in 1995. The last time the Cowboys won a championship, which obviously was their fifth, but I think, For those of us who grew up in the 1970s, you remember all those teams. And I think the first thing you have to do is you have to separate the 70s teams from the 90s teams because it was two such great eras for the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, it's two different eras of football, two different different kinds of teams. Um, So all that plays into it. But, you know, I just did a a quick thing on, on the Hall of Famers. Uh, from the 1970s era and the 1990s era. And again, that I don't know that that's really a fair comparison because what happens over time is you start to look at some of those players differently and you start to put them in the Hall of Fame as seniors candidates. So we've seen Gil Brandt, Cliff Harris, Drew Pearson go in in recent years from those 1970s teams. And I think we might have that happen with these 1990s teams. I think we might see. More guys go into the Hall of Fame as we go on, say a Darren Woodson for sure. Um, it may be a while for him, but I think he we can start looking at him maybe as a Cliff Harris from the 1970s as a comparison. But you look at it, the 1970s team obviously has Gil Brandt, Tom Leonard, Tech Schramm, the Triumph there is in the Hall of Fame. And then they have nine players who are in the Hall of Fame with, with the two guys going in uh, in the class of 2020, class of 2021 this summer. And then you look at the 1990s team, uh, and you have Jimmy and Jerry. Obviously, you're in the Hall of Fame, and then you have six players. And to me, that's not enough players for what those uh, 1990s teams did. So it's hard to pick just like one team you know, and and Mm -hmm. say that's the team. But if I'm going to pick one team out of all those teams, it's got to be one of the championship teams, right? Right. I I really and truly think the 1994 team might have been – the Dallas Cowboys greatest team of all time when you look at their rankings on offense and defense and and what they did and, and how good they were that might have been the greatest team of all time likewise in the 70s it may have been that team the, the 78 team uh that lost to the to the Steelers in the Super Bowl that was a great team too but when you start talking about the greatest teams I mean they have to have gotten it done I mean when we talk about the Patriots the 2017 may have been their right. greatest of all time. They went undefeated in the regular season, but they couldn't get it done in the postseason. So I would look probably at the 1992 team. If, if I had to pick one, if you put a gun to my head and say pick one, <laughs> it would probably be that 1992 team. And, I, and that was a long-winded way to get to the 1992 <laughs> team. And it's a long way to say I think the Cowboys have truly had – And for those of us who have gotten to appreciate all of those great teams, some truly of the best teams in NFL history, it's just been a long time.
1: I think that's all extremely well said, and I think the the thing you led with um, the longevity uh, as far as Hall of Famers, because you're right. Like the more the time goes on, the more you, you mentioned. Obviously, the ones as of late, but even Rayfield Wright went in in 2006. Uh, so I mean, that was still a really long time. Obviously, after the '70s Cowboys had had you know kind of done their thing. Um, on a different note, people love to talk about like greatest numbers in Cowboys history. '70 is going to have two stout Hall of Famers someday when Zach Martin goes in. But that's we'll have you on for that discussion discussion way down the road Uh, but so uh last year actually kind of when the pandemic first started we did a podcast you and i on the blog of the boys network about greatest teams in cowboys history that didn't win it we settled on the 94 squad obviously um just because you're right like that did kind of feel like them at the peak of their powers just with their these own like self-inflicted wounds that they were just unable to overcome uh we did settle on a particular number of teams to discuss here today uh we've obviously got all the championship teams 71 77 92 Three and five. Uh, we did include 1978, as you mentioned. I would make an argument, again, a different discussion, uh, but that Super Bowl 13 might have been the greatest collection of talent ever on a single football field at any point in time. Uh, the 94 team, as mentioned, and then you mentioned the 2007 Patriots, but of course, the 2007 Cowboys, one of the greatest offenses in team history. Um, I think it feels right to maybe go in chronological order. Um, the 1971 Cowboys, uh, Shereen, something that I always look at a, a mutual friend of ours, Bobby belt. Uh, and I once had a discussion and he told me that he, he specifically looks at, at point differential. That's kind of his hallmark trade and evaluating. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so cool. the night, the 1971 Dallas Cowboys obviously won Super Bowl Six, uh, one of the few teams in NFL history to return to the Super Bowl after losing it, and obviously specifically win it. Uh, win eleven and three, obviously a fourteen game season back then, a point differential of plus one eighty four, and. This gets forgotten, but we're the last team to beat the 1972 Miami Dolphins, although they beat them in very early 1972. But still, is there a case to be made for them, or are they just a really great team that we hold near and dear to our hearts but not as great as the others?
2: No, I completely agree with you, and I, too, look at that point differential, and the 184 really stands out when you start looking at that team. You know, They were first in yards in the NFL, first in points in the NFL. Again, it was a different era – You know, I get that. It wasn't as much passing as we see now, a lot more running. But still, they were a truly great offense for that era. Defensively, they were seventh in points and third in yards. They won their last 10 games. That includes the postseason and really got it done in great fashion. They ended up with three offensive pro bowlers and five on defense. So I think it was a really, really great team, one of the greatest teams probably uh, of that decade. And it was early in the decade. And just the fact that they were able to beat the Dolphins 24-3 in the Super Bowl wasn't, of course, it was a long time before we had a close Super Bowl. But they really got it done throughout the postseason uh, and throughout the season, frankly. Like I said, they won the last 10 games. So, yeah, there certainly is a case to be made that the 71 team uh, was the greatest team in, in, in team history. And, again, it's hard to compare – those teams, but I think when you start looking at the '70s team, that one that one ranks right up there. The 1971 team ranks right up there as one of the greatest of all time uh, in Cowboys history.
1: Do you think it inhibits this particular team uh, in this like this discussion that we're having that it was it was the Craig Morton Roger Staubach awkward situation? Like, d- does that hold them back from like if you didn't get not to, you know, mitigate what Roger Staubach did in 1971, but if you didn't have a complete season's worth of elite quarterback play, it is kind of difficult to put them above, in, in like this case, 1977 as an example.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> that's probably on Tom Landry, and it's hard to keep <laughs> Tom Landry for, for what he did. But, yeah, it was kind of weird the way that season started out, and it's probably the reason they lost those three early games. And once they settled on Roger Staubach as their quarterback, they were the best team in the NFL, and they truly dominated uh, the league in those last 10 games. So I don't think you can hold that against them. Um, and I'm sure Landry, when, when he finished his career, and looked back on that team, probably wishes he had gone with Roger right away uh, because they may have been a, an undefeated team. They may have not lost any games that season as dominant as they were those last 10 games.
1: That's fair. Um I also feel like when you talk about 1971 like especially like in conversations like this Dwayne Thomas doesn't get enough love yeah. kind of the kind of the OG MarShawn Lynch like in terms of like approach to you know the sport and approach to wanting to do things his own way uh, but like to that point um I guess you know I don't think either one of us thinks that 1971 is the the true winner here but so fast forwarding to 1977 you get Tony Dorset it's difficult in my mind to play 71 over 77. This obviously you have the sustained season from Roger Staubach. Uh, You mentioned the seventies is kind of this, this own obviously era. There's a really strong argument to be made. I think that this is the greatest era in pro football history. Like there's like four different dynasties, five different dynasties, you could argue that that existed in this time frame, And so this is maybe, maybe not certainly not the best dynasty of them all, but the, the peak of the Cowboys dynasty within the seventies. I, I This is a, when, when I tweeted this out that you were going to be on, a lot of people said 1977 was the answer here.
2: Yeah, I probably would pick the 77 team over the 71 team. Uh, They played more games. They went 12 and two. They beat every team in the postseason by at least 17 points. And to me, we talk about point differential. I think that's significant that, that they were able to do that. I mean, they, they, were a really good solid all-around football team uh, they beat chicago minnesota and blowouts and then obviously beat the broncos 27 10 and in super bowl 12. they were second in points and first in yards on offense defensively they were eighth in points and first in yards so th- they were a well-rounded football team they had eight pro bowlers on that team and the pro bowl Let's remember back in the '70s. It wasn't right. like the Pro Bowl now, where we have a hundred plus Pro Bowlers because <laughs> the Super Bowl teams they don't go to the Pro Bowl. Guys pull out for injuries. That's not the way it was back then. If you were a Pro Bowler, you were really held in high regard. You had a great season, and the Cowboys had eight of those. So that's nearly half of their team uh, were Pro Bowlers. And I, you know, I, I just think it was a it was a truly uh, great team. Uh, probably I would rank it... I might even rank it second above the the 1993 team. It's right there. I mean, they were just really, really good uh, and really dominant uh, that season.
1: For me, uh, this has nothing to do with the quality of the team, um, but I... I, I mean, everybody loves the Super Bowl, but I love like Super Bowls that are like rich and deep in pageantry. And this Super Bowl ages so well uh, with the fact that it's in the Superdome. You've got the, the the Dupree catch. I mean, like there are these really iconic moments from this game. And that, that doesn't exist in 1971. Plus, this is, you know, I mean, th- it's New Orleans. Like, forget the Superdome part of it. Like, I know Tulane Stadium had its fair share of Super Bowls and stuff. Uh, but like that, that is a Super Bowl feel to me and so like in a nostalgic way this kind of is up there um and and like it just i don't know it but it's fair to say like that it might not be the best overall cowboys team uh but so you're saying this might be second on your overall composite list
2: yeah you know i i I have a hard time picking between 77 and 93 but Mm -hmm. they're right there together and and maybe if one of them is two the 2a the other one is 2b um, and I, I think they're both just just right there together. I think the 77 team stacks up against the 93 team in its own way. Again, we're, we're different decades here, uh, but I think they're, they're pretty similar teams.
1: Interesting. So uh, the first losing team or Super Bowl losing team or non-championship team that we have here, we didn't include 68. But again, the game was so different. Like We're, we're obviously going really far, not really far, but far enough back to where things are, are certainly different than they are in today's day and age uh, in the NFL. But so 1978, a decade later, uh, I mentioned Super Bowl 13, perhaps the greatest game of all time, although maybe Super Bowl 51 beats that just because of the comeback and overtime and everything. Uh, the Cowboys, obviously, in 1970 had a point differential, of plus one. 76, went 12 and four. At this point, there are already 16 games way before Shireen, the NFL out of the 17th game and ruined the perfect symmetry of records. Uh, but this, this is a painful year for a lot of Cowboys fans to look back on. Obviously, uh, I, I mean, this this one's tough, but does, yeah. if if they had won it, I mean, is is it possible that this team would have been number one overall?
2: Yes. Oh, no doubt. And they lost to one of the greatest teams in NFL history. Right. There's no question about that. And it was close. It could have gone either way. I mean, we all remember those of us who watched the game, the Jackie Smith drop in the end zone and burn Nyquist saying Jackie Smith, oh, my goodness, you must be the sickest man. And he's the sickest man in America right now because mm-hmm. he was, you know, getting his chance of playing a Super Bowl uh, and, and drops the pass that might have given the Cowboys the edge. In and now they had nine Pro Bowlers that season. And, again, Pro Bowls meant a lot. And they were first in points, second in yards on on offense and defense. They were third in points and second in yards. So, again, a well-rounded team. In, Possibly could have been better, I think, than the 77 team. I really do. I I think it probably was a better team, but they didn't get it done. So you have to rank the 77 team better than the the 78 team. But 78 team to me is still one of the greatest Cowboys teams of all time. and, And I don't think a a thirty-five to thirty-one loss to the Steelers in the Super Super Bowl should diminish what this team accomplished because it was a very good, very, very good team.
1: I know this is a tangential question that I didn't prepare you for, uh, but off the top of your head, if if we power ranked Super Bowl losers, two thousand seven Patriots are number one. Nineteen seventy eight Cowboys are arguably number two. Maybe.
2: Yeah. You know what? I, I think you probably have to have to make that case. Yeah, that they, they certainly would be in the discussion to be uh the runner up to the Patriots as the is the best team not to get it done. And there are a few of those. I know the Vikings would, would probably argue that <laughs> if they had one and the Bills would probably argue they had one, but you know, I, I just I, I just think this was such a good team. And and the fact that the team they lost to, it wasn't an also ran team. I mean, this was right. one of the greatest teams in NFL history that they lost to. So, yeah, I, I definitely think they are in that discussion. And I would probably put them second uh, among Super Bowl losers as the greatest team not to get it done.
1: Mm. Well, if you said that they're second, then that's what truly really matters. Your opinion um, trumps all, Shereen. Um, okay, let's fast forward to the 90s. Um, you have spoken very highly of 1992. Obviously, um, maybe the most beloved season in Cowboys uh, franchise history, certainly yeah. among today's generation. As you mentioned, 13-3, and 3, a plus-166-point differential. Super Bowl champions in Dominating fashion. Again, this fits the the pageantry thing for me. I mean, if you win the Super Bowl at the Rose Bowl, I mean it's difficult to have a, a more, you know, iconic scene. Um, and I also think uh, if, if you're if your franchise quarterback who is the number one overall pick is the game's mVP that just is like a further cementing of of your of your plan of, of you know what i mean like of your of your disposition of everything that you put forward um in terms of getting there and so like this this fits all of that criteria and to your point beats maybe another all-time super Bowl loser although in that game not necessarily with Jim Kelly getting hurt uh but the 1992 Cowboys make your case
2: well you know i, I think when you've had, a streak there where you haven't won like the Cowboys are in Mm. right now and then you turn into a winning team it's that first team so we talked about the 71 team it was like that the first championship in franchise history that was special and then I think when you consider what they did in 1989 to go 1-15 and and you know to to have changed coaches and then the Herschel Walker trade and everything they went through all that build I mean For so long, they were so bad for so many years. And and there's that buildup of when are they going to be good again? And so I think you remember the 92 team better than the 93 team, because in 93, there were expectations, right? They had to repeat at that point. They were the best team in the NFL. They had to repeat. If they didn't, it would have been a disappointment. There was no disappointment in 1992. There were not those expectations of going out and winning a Super Bowl. And they did that. So I think you remember that team very fondly. And just frankly, the way they did it uh, and the way they did it in the Super Bowl, 52-17, and we all know that it should have been even more than that, but uh, 52-17 over the Bills, who, who again, were a really good football team. I mean, they, they had this consistency and kept getting to the Super Bowl and, and falling short. But this was a really good football team. Uh, that they beat. And, you know, they they did it in dominating fashion, 34-10 over Philadelphia in the divisional round and then 30-20 to on the road in San Francisco uh, against the 49ers in the championship game. They were second in points and fourth in yards on offense and fifth in points and first in yards on defense. And that's what I think. RJ, is that, that in the 1990s? I think the defense does not get enough credit for what they were able to accomplish. Twice they were number one in yards in the NFL defensively. They were never number one offensively in the 1990s. They were not. They, they despite the fact that they had Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, and Emmett Smith, and all those other players that we know, and one of the greatest lines assembled offensive lines in NFL history. They never finished number one in total yards. They did on defense. And I think they were very underrated for what they were able to accomplish on defense with Charles Haley now in the hall of fame. Of course, Dion came on late the 95 team to help them win that. But I think they need more hall of famers off that defense for what they were able to accomplish. And that's why we go back to Darren Woodson. I think he needs to get some credit for what those 90s teams uh, were able to do back then because they were just dominant on defense. And I realized that, hey, the offense certainly helps that, the fact that they were able to run the ball, keep it away from the other team. I get all that. But still, you have to be really good to finish number one in total yards in the NFL defensively and do it twice. Support
3: for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity – v-a-n-29.com
1: yeah one of my favorite uh nfl film sound bites is from the um i love the series america's game that they did chronicling every super bowl team and on the 92 team uh when ken norton jr when they get to the point of the film when the playoffs start and he talks about how they were the number one defense he says number one defense in the land and how they didn't get any respect um and so you're right like that that makes this team, I think, kind of stand above the rest in a lot of ways, certainly. And I think, you know, this team also, like, checks, um, checks, like, some Hollywood uh, check, bar- check marks. And they obviously <laughs> literally go to Hollywood. But, I mean, they beat, you know, classic division rival in the divisional round. They they go on the road to San Francisco and, and kind of exercise the demons of the past decade and winning a candlestick. And then they beat the, like, preeminent AFC powerhouse at the time, obviously, in, in the Buffalo Bills. Exactly. And so... I mean, there is, and you know, speaking of Ken Norton jr. I mean, you know, that's another name, obviously Woody deserves to be in the hall of fame, but Ken Norton jr. is like, you talk about moments or players or like underrated things, his tackle in early in that game in Super Bowl 27 at the goal line is one of the greatest tackles in NFL history. I mean, um, it's, it's really wild. And so it's, it's weird how that team is kind of slept on. I mean, I, I I don't know how that happens, but you know what I mean? I think because they, like it was, it was the beginning of it all that people kind of now over, Look what was the beginning because the the ride was so long if that makes sense
2: yes absolutely it does and that was the first one and and uh they shouldn't be overlooked for for how dominant they were in the postseason and and i think that goes back to rj to, to the the talk about the defense how good that defense was they had philadelphia to 10 points san francisco hey we know how good that offense was right they held them to 20 points Buffalo, we know how awesome that offense was. Look how many pro bowlers they have off that offense. Held them to 17 points in that game. So this was a dominant defense. This was a very good team. They had six offensive pro bowlers to go with all those defenders. They were very, very good. Uh, and and I think you when you talk about some of the greatest teams, not only in team history, but in league history, I, I think they're in that conversation. They're not number one and, and maybe not number two, but you've got to Think of them up there, at least in
1: the top ten. Totally, and I mean, they wiped out Hall of Famers on their path. You know, what I mean that that's that. How often does a team wipe out like not just Hall of Famers, but iconic Hall of Famers on the path to winning a Super Bowl? Um, it really is amazing. Uh, the only thing I was going to add here before we moved on, you mentioned the drought that the Cowboys are obviously in at this time. It was it had been fifteen years, obviously, since Super Bowl um, twelve in nineteen seventy seven. And if you think about it, if the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl. This year, this video, for anyone watching later, Shereen and I are talking in May of 2021, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, their drought from this particular season will be twice as long, will have been 30 yeah. years. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's crazy to consider that that was this, like, you know insane drought. Like, how can you go 15 years without winning a Super Bowl uh, when the Cowboys are, are almost doubling that uh, here in, in, a, in a handful of years? But hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully the 2021 team uh, ends that. But uh, we move on, straight to 1993. Uh, point differential of 147. First team in NFL history to start off a of season 0-2. Shout out, of course, to Emmitt Smith and then go on to win the Super Bowl. Um, in my mind, that actually weakens their argument um, as, as, in terms of being the greatest Cowboys team of all time. Maybe the m- most resilient one um, but if if you start off a season zero and two, I don't know that you can qualify as the best.
2: Yeah, that's the problem because we don't know what they would have done if they had settled with Emmett and he had taken the contract that, that Jerry offered, or Jerry had offered more money, or whatever had happened, and Emmett had been there in those first two games. I mean, again, you talk about this could have been possibly a a sixteen and zero or fifteen and one team, but we'll never know that, right? And and never got to experience that, just like. You know, the not, what if Jimmy had stayed in 94? Would they have won that one and, and been a three-time or four-time champion, which a lot of people think they could have been, including me? Um, but we'll never know that. But this was still a, a really good team to, to finish 13-1 after those first two games. Um, and and obviously uh, they they dominated um, – I'm sorry, they didn't finish 13-1. They finished because they lost four games, so they would have gone whatever – they all lost two games the rest of the way. I was looking at the 92 team. But th- this was still a, a really solid game, second in points on offense, fourth in yards, defensively second in points, 10th in yards. Um, and, and in the playoffs, they beat Green Bay by 10, 27-17. They beat San Francisco 38-21. Eight offensive Pro Bowlers, three defensive Pro Bowlers, And you know how it works, R.J., like when they after they win the Super Bowl, they have more pro bowlers. And and it's just because you you see, oh, okay, this is a really good group of players that first year. They only had six pro bowlers and come back and and you have 12 pro bowlers or 11 pro bowlers the next season. So they've added to that because they won the Super Bowl in, in 92. But again, a very, very good team. Um, I would have liked to have seen what they could have done if they could have gone undefeated or finish uh, 14 and 2. Maybe you know, who knows? 15. Then maybe at that point they're they're undefeated and they can have a chance to go 16 and 0. If Emmett was there the whole time, maybe things change. But we'll never know that. It's still a very good record at 12 and 4. And you're never going to take away that Lombardi Trophy that they won uh, over the Bills. It was still a dominating fashion 30 30 to 13 but it wasn't quite like the 52 17 uh game that the the cowboys just wrecked uh the bills this one was a little bit closer but still uh, i will say even today i don't think bills fans like facing uh, the cowboys perhaps (laughs) buffalo considering what the stars did perhaps buffalo doesn't like playing dallas in anything right now
1: (laughs) um that's what i said um i mean to that to all that point to the buffalo point Buffalo humbled this Cowboys team early on in the season. And they granted, I mean, the, the, right. Um, but still, so like if you have like a, a a just humbling loss, I know the 92 Cowboys lost um, in Washington late in the season. That was a, a kind of touchy thing. But if you just get wrecked, it's difficult to hoist you up as the greatest team uh, in franchise history. And, I, you know, it's it was a factor and certainly a part of their resiliency. But, but Troy's injuries down the stretch also kind of, like no pun intended hurt this team for me because when I, when I envision like the argument of who's the greatest team of all time, I envision them squaring off. And so, you know, I, I really can't imagine the 93 team, again, an incredible job, an incredible coaching job at Jimmy Johnson to power through all that and still win it all. And certainly defend a title, which is that like, you mentioned the the pro bowl aspect and that's a real thing to your point. Uh, but it is a, a, a second straight title is a teeny bit, more impressive in that it's, it's a hard thing to defend. Uh, but still all that being said, I, I have a difficult time um, saying to the 93 Cowboys at, at the very least outrank 92, which, which removes them from discussion as greatest of all time. Uh, we've talked about it a lot and we talked about it last year as mentioned Shereen, 1994. It's painful. Um, The Cowboys obviously finished 12-4, and lost. This is the only team that we're talking about that lost the NFC Championship game. Uh, We have another losing team that we'll get to in a bit, but didn't make it that far. Um, Obviously spotted San Francisco a 21-0 lead. We all know the story. Uh, But maybe on paper, their greatest squad ever. Uh, It's just unfortunate what happened. The Jimmy factor, the Barry factor, whatever you want to call it, obviously a big deal. Uh, But do you think this is, if they beat San Francisco, I mean, they clearly would have beaten San Diego. Uh, are, Are they the greatest Cowboys team, especially because at that point they would have won three in a row. It would be impossible not to pick them.
2: Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. This was a team that, you know, dominated Green Bay 35-9 and in the divisional round, and you felt like they were going to beat San Francisco uh, in the championship game, and perhaps that the officiating had had been a little better on some of those interference calls against Michael Irvin, Dion, on on Michael, that that the Cowboys probably would have won uh, this game. You know, they got behind early and just could never catch up. But they were second in points, eighth in yards that year, not quite as good on offense. Perhaps that had to do with, with the Switzer factor. I don't know. Uh, defensively, they were as good as ever. They were first in yards and third in points. Um, eight offensive pro bowlers, three defensive pro bowlers. Again, just a really solid team. And I do think uh, if they had won, won a third consecutive championship, that we are talking about them as not only the greatest dynasty of all time, uh, but, but the, this would be the greatest Cowboys team of all time, the 94 team, because I do have, think they had the potential um, to, to be the greatest team. I mean, I, they played like it during the season, despite uh, perhaps uh, less coaching than, than what they were used <laughs> to the previous two seasons let's be honest about that um and and i just think if jimmy had been there they would have beaten the 49ers
1: that's i mean unfortunately well said um and really that's there are a lot of butterfly effect moments in nfl history certainly this is a really massive butterfly effect because i mean i don't want to say he's not but as steve young is is. As a lot, it's lock of a Hall of Famer. If not for you know Jimmy Johnson's departure, right? Like that, that changes and that changes George Seifert's, you know you know I, like uh aura or whatever you want to call it i mean that changes so much um forever that changes ken norton's legacy i mean you know becoming the first player to win three in a row like that that changes so many people's lives uh one ill-fated decision uh that happened you know within the cowboys organization and and that's like in that sense it, it almost carries enough hypothetical weight to say that had they won they certainly would be the greatest in cowboys history
2: yeah. And to your point, I did one year, I did a thing on the catch of what mm. is, and I talked to Dwight Clark. I didn't get Montana, but I talked to Dwight Clark and uh, a bunch of the 49ers and uh, I talked to, you know, Drew Pearson and, and a bunch of those guys who played in that game. And, and it's amazing that one play can change so many things. And I think it's the same with this team that we're talking about that, that, You know, if if the Cowboys had been able to pull that off, just so many things would have changed. And I think you're right, you know, that you start to think about would Steve Young have ever won one? Would he have be in the Hall of Fame if he hadn't? Um, You know, what happens to the, the Cowboys if Jimmy stays? Would they have still this long drought that they're on, having not won one since 95? I mean, there's just so many questions you have, about what would have happened if the Cowboys were able to pull that off? Because you're right, they they would have beaten the Chargers. And I was at the AFC Championship game uh, that year when the Chargers upset the Steelers, um, which was was pretty amazing in itself uh, that they were able to do that. But the Cowboys easily would have beaten the Chargers, and and we would be talking about you know 95 and then the 95. Maybe they don't maybe they don't win that one if they're coming off of three in a row. Um, But they would have had their three, and and three out of four is really good. Three um, in a row, you know, just seems a little more special, I think, and, and would have been a little more special for the Cowboys and the fans.
1: Totally. And to have gotten it done in Miami, a city or a state rather that's haunted them, uh, yeah. certainly in Super Bowl lore. Uh, Michael Irvin, I, uh, that's another thing he's talked about before. thats really great that he was, you know, Troy got his MVP in California Emmitt got his in Georgia and, and Michael was supposed to get it in Miami. That would have been really cool. Um, and and I, you, I think that, again, we'll move on, but it's arguable. I think that the 49ers are not viewed as this like classic yeah. franchise if they don't, you know, ultimately go on to win that game, because at that point, their drought is significantly longer. And um, all these players in the 90s, it's not just Steve Young, are viewed so differently. And so, I mean, you're talking at that point, it's just forever until the Patriots arrive, it's the Cowboys and the Steelers. And so um, that's a really fascinating way to look at it. But speaking of the Cowboys and the Steelers, Super Bowl 30, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, of course, uh, you know, had had their way in 1995, um, the kind of revenge tour, if you want to call it that this was Emmett's best regular season in terms of yardage and, and touchdowns. Um, and so at that, in that sense, I think you could argue this is like, this is maybe, maybe not the best player of the era, but certainly one of the most focal point players uh, operating at the peak of his you know powers. You've got Deion Sanders on this team, as you mentioned. So it's difficult from a roster talent perspective to not say that this is at the very least in the running for the greatest Cowboys team of all time.
2: Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I, I like this team. I would still rank it below 92 and 93, and you know, put it right there with 94. The fact that they got it done, you rank it ahead of of, of the 94 team. They did score more points. They had a, a, uh, their point differential was a plus 144 compared to a plus 166 uh, the year before. But they were dominant in the postseason. I mean, they beat Philadelphia 30 to 11. They beat Green Bay 38 27. Uh, and then beat the Steelers 27-17, we know as Larry Brown became the star of that team, and as you said, it was Emmitt's perhaps greatest year ever MVP award, and and he really carried them third in points, fifth in yards, offensively, defensively, third in points, and ninth in yards, not quite as good, I don't think, uh, on defense as as they had been in some of those other years, which is probably why I would rank it below uh, those teams, but they to their credit, they came out and they got it done after losing the heartbreak of, of 1994, losing to the 49ers. They came out and, and got it done one more time in 95. So I think you do give Barry Switzer plenty of credit for that, for, for his ability to, to get them back uh, to the Super Bowl and and to win it um, with Jimmy's team that that he had built. So a really good team. You rank it up there in the top five, obviously, because they've won – Five championships in their history. I may even have that one um, fourth or fifth on my list, but uh, <laughs> still, a, a, you know, a, a really good team. I mean, it, you know, they won the Super Bowl and did it in in great fashion in the postseason.
1: Now you're right, though. It. it- I mean, it was a Super Bowl, so it's it's not you know nobody's poo pooing it, but it just has a different. It had a it had a more expected feel, um, yes. and, and, and when the expectations are different, you know, it's hard to to be like as uh, as notably great. Uh, my actually, like my favorite thing about this team isn't even the Super Bowl. Uh, I mentioned Reginald Wright in his Hall of Fame class in two thousand six. It's that half of the two thousand six class was in the NFC Championship game. Obviously, you yeah. had uh, Troy Aikman and Reggie White, and then John Madden on the call. I mean, so that and I. I believe that it was the highest attended game in Texas stadiums history too. So like a lot of just historical nostalgia surrounds it, but uh, it really is not, you know, it's, I'm fine with you. If you want to put it like fourth or fifth, I, I won't lose any sleep over it, Shireen uh, just because again, it's, it, you know, I, I do think also at that point, like the, the public perception of the Cowboys was so different that um, it, it does change the, the way you view them, if that makes sense.
2: Well, and I, it just had that feel of the Cowboys being on their last legs. I mean, you Mm. felt like that was probably going to be their last championship, you know, for a while. And as it turned out, it certainly was, you know, (laughs) he stayed in, you know, he stayed around a couple more years and and they went 10 and six and lost in division and then six and 10 and then he was gone on his way and Shane Gailey comes in. But that just had the feel of, of that team being close to being done. Like, you know, it was the, 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 the thread was starting to come out a little bit and, and you're starting to pick and you're starting to see some openings on that team after Jimmy left and they just weren't re- – and, of course, free agency came in too. We didn't even talk right. about that. Yeah, but free agency now has come in and so that team is starting to lose players off of it with, with players going uh, – free agency going elsewhere and the Cowboys were picked clean in some way. So that just felt like they were sort of on their last legs and as it turned out, they certainly were on their last legs. Of that season but it you know as a cowboys fan it was great to see them win one more and do something that hadn't been done and winning three uh of the four super Bowls um so that part was good but it just had that feel RJ that that they were they were close to being done and, and they were
1: no, um, I agree. That's well said. Uh, and you're right, free agency playing an important role. But that to that point, like that weakens them as a team, which is why they're not, you know, among the best. The last one for us to discuss, Shireen, uh, I think we both know they're not the greatest Cowboys team uh, in franchise history, but still uh, the 2007 squad. You were the one who put this on the list, not me. Uh, but of course, I mean, an incredible team, 13 and three. I mentioned um this, you know, the '94 team was the only one that lost the NFC Championship game. That's because this team didn't make it there. This is maybe the most um, infamous team in Cowboys history, um, for like football reasons. Certainly not off the field reasons, although there is the Cabo trip um, in this, you know, mystique here. Uh, a point differential of 130, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree. But this really felt out of nowhere. Um, I maintain. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but a few months before this season started, obviously, at the 2007 NFL draft, Brady Quinn fell to the Cowboys. And at the time, I mean, was regarded as this incredible prospect. And the fact, like, that, if that happened today... If, if the Cowboys passed on the would-be top prospect, obviously Jamarcus Russell was the top prospect, but a top prospect in the name of an undrafted free agent who had, you know, in his fourth year, played 10 games for them the year before, people would roast them for that. Uh, but they stuck with Tony Romo, gave him a new deal. They came out week one and lit up the Giants, an incredible game, and were so awesome. Uh, really, you know, didn't have... Like they had maybe one true loss, I would argue. Obviously, to New England, Uh, they lost, of course, to Philadelphia, the Jessica Simpson game, as everybody knows. But their final loss in Washington in the regular season, um, the regular season finale, was just kind of a you know rest your starters type situation. Um, Obviously, shortly after Sean Taylor had passed away, but um, a very very infamous team, but not in the not not the best Cowboys. But what are your thoughts on the two thousand seven Cowboys?
2: Well, you know, I I thought they were going to win it all or have a chance mm. to win it all the way they had played uh, during the regular season. This is a team that had 13 Pro Bowlers off of it, and they were second in points, third in yards, offensively, defensively, 13 in points, ninth in yards. I think they're, you know, when you talk about the two, 2014 team, we talk about the dad's catch. Look, the Cowboys were not going to beat the Packers in 2014. Their defense was not right. good enough. They were 19th in total defense. They had no chance to win the Super Bowl zero. This team had a chance because they were good enough uh, on defense to, to to get it done. And uh, I think it was a huge disappointment to lose to the Giants the way they did 21-17. And you still go back to Patrick Creighton's drop if he had caught that pass. I think the Cowboys win that game. And I Judging by what the the Giants did in going on and beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl, I think this was a team that would have had a chance to go on uh, and at least be close in the Super Bowl, but not win the Super Bowl. And you talk about how things change. Would the Cowboys have won that Super Bowl if they had gotten there? Would the would the would be talking about the Patriots as you know being the undefeated team, the best best team of all time because they beat the Cowboys in the Super Bowl? Who knows? But the Cowboys didn't finish strong. And and I have a lot of problems when when teams don't play their players that last week and then have a bye week. And now you're talking Mm -hmm. three weeks between meaningful games. This is a team that lost three of their last four games. They didn't handle the end of the season well. And whether that was coaching or whether that was team leadership, you talk about the Cabo trip, whatever it was, this team didn't handle the end of the season as they should have, which is why they lost at home in their first Uh, postseason game I think it's a very good team 13 and 3 says they were a very good team 130 point differential says they were a very good team they didn't get it done and they didn't even get it done in one playoff game much less you know getting to the championship game and losing they didn't even get there like they they didn't even do anything in the postseason to get there so you know I still would probably talk about this team as as being one of the best teams in, in team history, depending on how deep we're going to go, but I also would would probably call it, along with the '94 team, the most disappointing team in team history. I would I would rank, you know, '94. I don't know if you say they're the most disappointing team in team right. history, but they didn't do live up to the expectations that we had for them, right? It, it ended on a disappointing note, where this team just didn't get it done. Uh, like we all think, they should have gotten done being the, the best seed in the in the conference, uh, and not even getting to the championship game. I just think it was totally underachieving team for the talent they had on this team, and and I think it's you know why we you know Wade Phillips is, is still around today. I mean, he could have been when when Jerry hired him. He talked about him being his his Tom Landry. You know, he's gonna be here forever, and he did the same thing with Jason Garrett, but. You know, we, we thought Wade would be around a really long time. That he had he had inherited a really good team, a really talented roster, a young quarterback, and all those things. And and it didn't work out like that. Of course, Romo uh, never won a Super Bowl. And you know, if they. Say they go on and even get to the Super Bowl in two thousand and seven. Maybe we're talking about Tony Romo as a Hall of Famer. Look, Tony Romo's never going in the Hall of Fame. Agreed. But if they had gotten to the Super Bowl in two thousand seven, I think you would at least have to consider it. if he had won the Super Bowl. I think we're truly talking about Tony Romo as a as a Hall of Fame player. But I just think not having that Super Bowl. Uh, and not getting to the Super Bowl, not even getting to a championship game, just works against them. And that was the team. That was the chance they had to to get there to the Super Bowl, if not win the Super Bowl.
1: I think that's all extremely well said. I think if they also win the Super Bowl, Tony Romo's story outranks Kurt Warner's just because he does it yeah. for the Dallas Cowboys, and that you know right. that is a lot more glitz and glamour, um, especially at the time. Again, you know he's dating a a well known actress, and so, like it's it's literally this like personification of like cliche you know hollywood dream whatever uh, and if they had gone and, and beaten the patriots of all teams if they had been you know like eli manning is hoisted up for obviously that uh, accomplishment twice over but if that had like the the way dallas cowboys fans would would people always accuse dallas cowboys fans of living in the past but the way they would live in the past off of that would be unbelievable if they knocked off the 18 and 0 patriots uh and i think to your point the reason the reason i think we can kind of like mentally square 1994 is there's an obvious you know block it's okay Jimmy was gone Barry was in like that was the clear dysfunction whatever but there is no obvious point of dysfunction wow. it's it's all this confusion uh because they did wither. I think the maybe the peak of them themselves before they started to the kind of downhill was that that Thursday night game against the Packers when Aaron and Brett Favre was knocked out and Aaron Rodgers came in they were they truly looked unstoppable at that point and yeah. um I mean, they were unstoppable on offense, on defense. They had a, a blocked field goal return for a touchdown against Minnesota. I mean, they were unreal in every facet. And the fact that it, it I mean, Greg Ellis was on that team. Like, we forget that Greg Ellis was a part of that team. Um, and rookie Nick Folk, I mean, they had an amazing Monday night win. That's how good they were, that they could kind of overcome shooting themselves in the foot in all these different ways. Um. They won in truly every style. Um, are, are they the most infamous team, at least of, of the last quarter century?
2: Oh, yeah. No question about that. I think you truly say that. And I do have one point, uh, maybe a what if, RJ, on that. Um, yeah, I think you talk about the coach. What if Parcells had stayed around one mm. more year? Would they have won it with Bill Parcells? Because he wouldn't have allowed the Cabo. Let's be, right. let's be honest. And We don't know how much the Cabo trip played into that, that loss Uh, but certainly you think about it, but they would not have gone to Cabo if Bill Parcells was there. There's no way. So would that team have had a better chance to go to the Super Bowl, to go to the championship game, whatever it is, at least beat the Giants in the divisional round? Would they have had a better chance with Bill Parcells? I would argue that, yes, they would have had a better chance. I don't know if they would have gotten it done. They didn't get it done against Seattle um, the year before, So, so maybe they don't get it done. But I would have liked their chances with Bill Parcells, at home, home field advantage. I would have liked the Cowboys chances uh, in that game, but of course it didn't work out that way. And, and uh, Wade Phillips, you know, was able to go 13 and three and then not get it done uh, in the postseason. So that's just kind of the way it goes, but yeah, I would say it was the most infamous team in probably team history. Yeah. I would, I would rank them up there at number one.
1: Uh my last what if on this this is a I don't think I've ever even thought of this before so I'm I'm glad that you're the person that I'm bouncing it off of uh and it's nowhere near as um as existential as the Bill Parcells one but what if Terry Glenn is not hurt at the beginning of that season and it and Patrick Creighton doesn't cement himself as this you know would be um you know wide receiver two opposite of Terrell Owens I mean this if if a healthy Terry Glenn is is more relied upon um does that playoff but that that playoff game. I mean I know you placed it on Patrick Creighton's hands in that moment but that playoff there were a lot of things wrong in that playoff game but I mean sure. does does that does that change anything if Terry Glenn is healthy for the entire season I mean obviously he came back for week 17 um but do you trust Terry Glenn more and may he rest in peace um in that hypothetical situation than you did Patrick Creighton
2: well yeah I think he was a more accomplished receiver and and then you would have had Patrick as your as your- you know, other guy, you know, with Terry Glenn. and I just think it would have made your receiving core better. So certainly, that's that's a question, uh, a what if question, if we're throwing those out there. That's one <laughs> of those. That's one of those what ifs. But you know what, injuries are, are, are part sure. of this game, and and coaches quitting are a part of this game. But you know, it didn't dawn on me until now about how what if Jimmy had stayed? What if right. he'll- Dallas had stayed. Maybe the Cowboys have two more Super Bowl titles if they had gotten those Hall of Fame coaches to stay around even one more year. Um, but it didn't happen like that. So we can we can what if all we want. It's not going to change time and, and the way things have, have played out. And, um, you know, maybe this new coaching staff and and this coach that already has a Super Bowl title now with the Cowboys can deliver them one, which hasn't been done since Barry Switzer in 95.
1: Uh, The last thing before I ask you our last question, if Bill Parcells stays, I wonder, does Jason Garrett join the Cowboys staff? If there are no vacancies on the staff, does he end up elsewhere? Does he have success? Uh, Obviously, he was courted by Baltimore and Atlanta following this season. Um, Does he have that kind of success? Does he ever wind up on the Cowboys staff? Does he ever climb the ladder to become head coach? I mean, that's a really powerful what if uh, in Cowboys history. Uh, Shereen, to, to answer the question, although I think we have, uh, who was the greatest Cowboys team of all time? It sounds like your mind is made up on 1992.
2: Yeah, I'm going with 92. It, it's close. And, you know, again, you look at the, the different eras. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with 92. I, I think that was the greatest team of all time.
1: Okay, that's well done. How many teams, just generally, would you say outrank them in NFL history? Um, it's, it's, I mean, they're in the top five. I, You know, that feels like a safe floor for them.
2: I think they're probably in the top five and that I would really have to look at it and study it uh, Mm -hmm. to figure out exactly where they rank. But I think it's fair just off the top of my head to say they're probably in the top five uh, of all time, all time teams. The fact that they were able to win three and four years and you rank that as the best Cowboys team uh, among those four teams, I think that puts them in that conversation and puts them firmly in that conversation of, of the greatest of all time. You know, you look at those, some of those 49ers teams and some of the Steelers teams, and of course the, right. pa- the Packers and, you know, Patriots. You, you think That's why they have so many hall of famers right? Because they were able to win five championships uh, in their history. And they'll have more Hall of Famers if they're able to add to that. But, you know, championships are important when we start talking about Hall of Fame conversations. Uh, You've got to be really great. You know, you DeMarcus Ware finally got his done. But I think even if he hadn't won the championship in Denver, I, I think that he would be going into the Hall of Fame. But you have to be really special Uh, to not win a championship to, to go into the hall of fame. So the Cowboys are going to have to win some championships to, to be able to have some more, a bunch more uh, hall of fame players.
1: Sure. I think that's well said. And obviously on the subject of greatest teams of all time across the NFL, the 2021 Cowboys uh, will be in the mix. Um, very clearly and obviously. um, Well, we'll see uh, if that uh, ultimately uh, pans out. But Shereen Williams, so many people across the world are Dallas Cowboys fans and love the Cowboys because of all the work that you have done over the years. Uh, You truly are one of the keepers of the flame, one of the great people to ever be around the Cowboys in any capacity, and the NFL. Uh, And so there's no, like I said, uh, person more fit to have this conversation with than you. So thank you so much for lending your expertise to us to talk about the greatest Cowboys team of all time.
2: Thanks for having me, RJ. I appreciate it.